there is lots of studies done into kind of like buffering if you're in interrupt someone and you need to take them away and then they kind of go like so you've 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 achieved what you need to be you've got the answers you need they go back to the task it takes them a minute or so to get back to where they were and everything the amount of time you get interrupted over, over the course of a year is just extraordinary it's like weeks worth of kind of like work that you potentially missed out on on today's Tech Talks, we're catching up with Simon, the Head of Talent, and Cheryl, the Director of Platforms and Live Operations at Polystream. And we're talking about all the measures they're putting in place to keep the minds of their staff whirring during lockdown and the culture that they're having to create. This is Tech Talks, your twice-weekly technology podcast with myself, David Savage, talking to industry leaders and sharing a bit of technology news. Today, I'm chatting to Akish. Thanks for joining me on the show. Uh, how, how was your bank holiday? Um, yeah, it was it was all right. I mean, um, it's all rolled into one, isn't it? These days, what I was kind of saying to you um, before we started before recording. Record. Yeah, exactly. It just just felt a bit weird. Um, Thursday, obviously, we finished work, and then it was like, oh yeah, Friday's really good. Had a bit of a lie-in, mm-hmm. bit of a lazy day, and then you realise you've got three more days off, kind of being at home. And then by the time you get to Sunday night, you're like, oh no, I'm I'm going to be working from home for the rest of the week. So <laughs> it was it was pretty crazy. Uh... Um, so yeah, did um yeah. D- did a bit of um did the, gardening. Uh, no, I didn't do any gardening. Do you know what I did do though is I arranged. Well, I kind of built some furniture, um, some outdoor furniture that had been. It was just it was literally in boxes since I've moved in. Um, and I was like, oh, this is a good time to build it. So I built like a patio table and some chairs and yeah, all that sort of stuff, which is pretty good. Bit of a work. I hate I hate stuff like that, mate. I'm useless <laughs> at it. It always goes wrong. Yeah. I'm I'm someone who prefers to buy that stuff that's kind of ready made in the display room. Yeah, no, it was good. I, I did have to YouTube a lot of the stuff. Um and, and then and then I realised that uh I didn't really have the, the the tools to build it out properly. So then I I was kind of speaking to the neighbour over the fence, obviously keeping our social distance and uh, he was quite you know, he was quite nice to let me borrow some of his tools. Um, I have interest on that point. Have you been speaking to your neighbours more? Yeah, definitely. 100%. I mean, so, uh, well, you know this, but obviously the, the people listening won't. I mean, I, I moved into my own place kind of last year. Um, and it, it's in a it's in a part of London, which is fairly like where young families or, you know, kind mm. of fam- it's a family orientated like neighbourhood. Um, <clears throat> so I think I'm one of the only kind of single guys that, that live here by themselves. So it was a bit weird where you kind of saw people when you go into your car and that sort of thing and just give a little nod. But I think now people are actually taking a bit more time. Um, and the, the, the first time I actually spoke to them was when, you know, the, the collapse for the NHS, um, mm. on Thursday. So obviously just going outside of your door and then before eight o'clock, you kind of see people congregating and there's like a little green outside my house. And then we all just kind of stand there and do it. And. Yeah, so it's pretty good. I'm talking to people. Um, and I think that's really, kind of important. Like, you know, that that at least it is someone to talk to, right? Mm, mm. In person. Well, 100%. 100%. And it's just like, it's just weird with human contact now. Or every time I'm speaking to a person that's not on the other side of a computer screen or on FaceTime or on whatever, you know, kind of video platforms there are, it's just good to speak to someone who's mm. in, in real life. Um which is yeah. I hope we go back to. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, the other thing you're doing is playing a lot of FIFA, which we'll come on to in a minute because it's quite a nice segue into uh, into the interview with Polystream, who are an online gaming platform, mm-hmm. uh, and talk a lot about these kind of things. So we'll drop into the interview and then we'll come back with some commentary and a bit of news after it. Today, I'm talking to Cheryl and Simon from Polystream. Polystream are a company that we had on the podcast probably about three months ago when your CEO, Bruce, joined us. So it's lovely to have both of you I was going to say with me, sort of with me, virtually with me this morning. How yeah. are you both? Yeah, great. Um, I think the word is surviving. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, I think we're all kind of uh, trying to adapt and work very differently. So, yeah, it's it's all a bit weird, but, um, you know, we're all still safe. On a day-to-day basis, I kind of think it's okay. It's just the whole, when it gets, knowing that on a Friday or a Saturday, I can't go to the Italian or pub and do something different. I think that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. The restrictions being placed on us kind of um, almost daily, just more and more restrictions do make you think you're, you know, it is can be quite stressful. But there are lots of opportunities with that because it gives you time to spend more time with, with your family. And there are so many tools out there that mean that you can with a bit of imagination, you can still maintain really good contact with people and try new things. So it's good. And look, I mean, Polystream are in the gaming industry and what it was only just over a week ago that Stream hit its, sorry, Steam hit its um, highest ever concurrent number of players at once. There's a hell of a lot of people camped at home, as you say, maybe looking for new things to do, but equally turning to games consoles and so on that maybe they don't use as often and going, well, hang on a minute, I can chat to friends and play and do whatever else? Yeah, there are so many, uh, for quite a few years now, uh, the games industry has had a huge online community. Um, So individual games, publishers, and even genres have their 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 own communities. So going way back to kind of early Warcraft kind of stuff, the early versions of LAN, LAN gaming parties and... There are there's whole industries and companies that have been born out of it to make collaboration and communication really really simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are uh, tools uh, tools or SaaS products like uh, Discord, for instance. So Discord just is a, a a brilliant chat tool that you can use just to keep chatting with each other. And a lot of games a lot of gamers use it. We use it in 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 the office, uh, and there are more to games than just first person shooters where you know there are there are more than just shooty shooty bang bang games like there is a lot a lot of games out there and it does give people there are we're now at this point where we've got generations of people who've grown up with games and want more from them and go actually i just don't want to be stressed right now i don't want to be online with people who are kind of like who are basically better than me well, I do anyway. I, I'll, I'll join a game and I'll end up kind of dying kind of again and again and again. And I'm just like, I'm not having any fun. Um, so there's a whole host of different games. So one that we've been playing in the office, I've been playing with my friends, is a game called Quiplash. And it's a little bit like Cards Against Humanity, but it only right. takes one person to use it and stuff like that. So maybe we can, that's, maybe that's something I can set up actually on here and I can share it and we can, we can play, we can play in later because it's so cool, it's so good and it gets it, it, it it's a laugh so everyone from your kids to your nan can play and it's really good so Cheryl, uh, look, oh, i was just going to say on, on the boring front 
not that your job's boring. This this is phrased very badly. I was about to say it's director of, of platform and live ops. I, I imagine yeah, that you're boring, busy. Boring stuff, the boring stuff. <laughs> director, director of boring, boring, boring. <laughs> but you must be busy, right? Um, yeah, we are busy. Um, we, we're, we're still working on launching our platform, so we're still kind of trying to work out, um, you know, how we move from a – uh, how we get move from an MVP to a productionized platform. So my team's keeping busy. Um, we're using tools, a lot of tools, uh, SaaS tools to keep us working as usual because mm-hmm. um, I've run remote teams before, but my team are kind of new to this way of working and working from home. So we've been leaning on kind of SaaS products to keep us sane and keep us communicating. Um, so we use Slack for collaboration. We use things like Miro boards where you can do interactive boards, where you can do sprint retros and things like that. Um, and doing some of the same ceremonies that we used to do previously in person and just moving them online. Um, and do you know what? We're, we're keeping productive. Um, and the, we, we've got the team check in in the morning. We have calls where we jump on our standups um, and go through things. So a lot of the ceremonies still stand and a lot of the work processes are still in place. Um, and, you know, we try and have a bit of fun with it as well um, because it can quite get quite lonely working from home. Um, not all of our team have families at home. Some of them kind of mm. live on their own. So, um, you know, we're just trying to keep everybody upbeat as much as we can. And Simon's come up with some great ways of uh, coming up with ways to engage the team. Um, we have day company stand-ups every day. And we, we use the, the product Zoom. And you can change the backtra- background and have a backdrop. I must admit, there's one particular guy in our office called Marek, who uh, he's amazing. Um, he's come in in a full tuxedo and he's got his background as a casino and he really looks the part. And he's got the QPAs in the background kind of um, dealing uh, out. Glass. Yeah, he's had, uh, yeah, with his martini glass and he's yeah. had um, a ski he, lift he and then a full <laughs> ski outfit. Um, and we have a competition every day who wins the background. Um, yeah. he, threw the gaunt- he threw the gauntlet down early. So that, the, that, that, kind of that kind of stuff's important though, right? Because, I mean, I work from home on a semi-regular basis, one or two days a week. We know the tech works. I don't yeah. think that, I mean, for some companies that is like, oh, hang on a minute. But for a lot of companies, we know the tech works, but there's a subtle difference between working a day a week from home and then being able to go into the office the next day and catch up with everything and have that face-to-face contact and then the situation that we're in now. Yeah, I think... Working from home can be a bit of a novelty if you have to work from home for a specific reason. But when you're forced to work from home for long periods of time and with the current climate at the moment, nobody knows when that's going to be lifted. We don't know how long this is going to be for. So we have to assume that this is for, you know, a a long period of time and for foreseeable future. Um, And we've got to keep people engaged. We've got to keep people, um, you know, their minds um, worrying. We need to keep them engaged in what they're doing. Um, And... uh, you know, me and Simon, we just try and do it the, the most humorous way that we can. And as, mm. a, as a team, we just like to have fun. Um, and we just like to bring that into some of the calls that we have. Because, um, you know, it can be quite disheartening working from home. Um, and some people are better at it than others. Um, and it's in supporting those people that aren't used to this. It's very different for them and, and helping them adjust. Simon, look, as, as head of talent, have you got anyone who's like new to the company within the last month? Who's literally just joined? Doesn't really have, know the have, culture. And- uh, uh, yeah, yeah, we do actually. So actually, on Cheryl's team, he has a um, uh, uh, young guy called Aaron, um, super smart and uh, engineer. 
And he had a few days in the office and then we went, okay, right, everyone work from home. And sort of it was, you know, so he's, but he's been fine. He's just jumped straight in. He's just joined in with everything. And I, I just one thing I just want to touch on with what Cheryl was just saying is from very early onset, the Polystream, we adopted lots of um, cloud and SaaS, SaaS products to enable us to work kind of from home as and when we can. Because we, you know, you never know what life throws at you. So, you know, sometimes you need, you need, to, you need to work from home. So collaboration was really important to us. Um, over the years, we've got very, very good at having the headquarters and one or two people being able to work from home and communicate and just kind of like channel in, just go, I've only got to dial into the headquarters. So, so that's it. Whereas now the teams are disperse. It's slightly different. So everybody's working from home. So the communication chains are slightly different and so forth. So we've been very good at over communicating and we're now getting to the point where kind of we're going, actually, we're probably, we're really overdoing it. Let's channel this down and focus and stuff like that. So we don't spend, I think the first week we spent our time, we were just on Zoom the whole time. We went, I don't think I've got any work done this week. I've just been staring at the Brady Bunch. Um, <laughs> but yes, we do. We also have, um, we said someone starting next week. So we've had to, we've, uh, so we've got a very, well, we've got a new engineer starting next week. Um, this is going to be a very strange onboarding process. So, you know, I think with what everything that we've done during this, during these unprecedented times is just giving people the assurance that it will take time. So be patient. So most of all, be patient with yourself. So don't put too many uh, pressures on yourself to perform to where you were beforehand. Simplify everything as much as possible. And be patient with others as well. So they don't get back to you or if they're not responding in, in the way or they're not achieving anything, just let's just relax. And that's just, this is a new way of working. So we need to figure stuff out. So don't don't worry if in, you're not getting the instant results. Out of interest, and it is early days, but as a head of talent, is there stuff that you're seeing now that you kind of go, oh, hang on a minute. When we do get back into a situation where we're sat in front of each other, maybe some of these behaviors we will carry over. Yeah, certainly. I think there is uh, one of the things that we very, very early on was to make sure that we were very quick to go, right, we need to, we need, we need a meeting straight away. So let's jump on Zoom. And actually just to outline a kind of small agenda and just kind of go be a little bit more efficient with meetings rather than kind of go, hey, can I grab you for a minute? Can I do this? So being a little bit more respectful of people's kind of like time. So there is lots of studies done into kind of like buffering. So mm. your own buffering as into the small interruptions you have during the day. So when you, if you interrupt someone and you need to take them away and then they kind of go like, so you've, you've, you've achieved what you need to, you've got the answers you need. They go back to their task. It takes them a minute or so to get back to where they were and everything. I did some calculations as into how many times you get interrupted and stuff like that. And the amount of time you get interrupted over the course of a year is just extraordinary. It's like weeks worth of kind of like work that you potentially missed out on because mm. you're, you're just trying to get back into things. So I think the thing really is just being respectful of people's time and be respectful of when. So we've spent a lot of time getting the team to be really up to date with how to use Slack efficiently. 
making sure that you're using all of the aspects of it properly. So switching off your notifications when you need to, um, updating your profiles, making sure you're not using direct messages, that you're using more channels. So those sorts of things. So our own kind of cleanliness and um, using using the tools efficiently. So we're really getting the most out of it. So this, there's a whole host of things that we'll carry on adopting. Is there any kind of, um, I suppose, you know, when you talk about the fun aspect and making sure that your teams feel engaged and that there is that lightness to it, I worry slightly that every day is bleeding into another and I keep kind of chatting with, with the rest of the Tech Talks team about how we're beginning to lose track of what day it is. And obviously, when you get to the weekend, the only real difference is that you don't open your work laptop. But at the same time, we're kind of encouraging people to do quizzes in the evenings and different bits and pieces like that. Is Are you trying to work out where the boundaries are to stop one thing bleeding into the next and still, you know, it's all very well. I mean, Cheryl, you have a busy family life. You have... Uh, I wouldn't say grown-up children, but children who are kind of hitting that exam stage. I suppose that's an interesting challenge in itself right now. But, you know, husband and family and all that kind of bits and pieces. But you did say that you've got team members who may be on their own and don't have those distractions. And it, it could be quite difficult for them to know, when do I turn on? When do I turn off? When do I have fun? When do I not? And, and all of those aspects of things. Yeah, I think that... Um... I think it's, you know, I was listening to the BBC News this morning and they reminded everybody that it was Thursday today because I think everyone's feeling that, that all the days are bleeding into one and every day feels the same. I think it's important to build in some routine um, so that, you know, you get up in the morning and you're going to work. You feel like you're going to work, even if that's just jumping in the shower and getting yourself ready. Um, and, you know, before lockdown, it was coming around the block and kind of building in a commute and, we were encouraging people to take photos of their commute if it's taking the dog for a walk or it's doing you know something outdoorsy to kind of make it feel like you're actually going to the office. Um, mm. When you've got when you've got kids at home, um, the whole school the homeschooling thing is going to test every parent in 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 the world. Um, I know that I'm feeling it. Um, our school's been great; they've been sending us work that I can do with my with my ten year old son. Um, he's a little bit reluctant to do it. He still feels that he can lay in bed till ten o'clock in the morning. Um, he's, he's coming to his teenage years early, but you know it's all about um, building in that routine. And I make sure that I book out every lunchtime that I go out for a walk with the dogs, and I'm taking Dylan with me, my son, for some exercise. Um, and if that's walking around the block or kind of nipping to the park and kind of wandering around, um, trying to build that into our everyday life, and then having a hard shut off at the end of the day, you do close your laptop and you walk away from that. Um, you talk about kind of online games. Um, we've been using um, an app with some friends of ours um, called Par um, House Party, where you can basically jump on a video call and you can um, you get like a virtual whiteboard and you can start. It tells you what to draw and everybody has to guess it. A bit like Pictionary online. Um, it was my birthday the other day, and you know birthdays is all going to happen. So I had a virtual mm -hmm. birthday party, um, and this was a game before lockdown. So I dropped cake at everybody's door. So we all ate cake together. Um, we all had prosecco. Um, and then everybody was on a video call. Um, but it's all a bit awkward because <laughs> when you're in a room, things come more organically. You can have conversations yeah. with people. But when you're on a video call, it's it, it's different. You have to change your mannerisms. You have to change the way that you interact with people. And especially when everybody is on a call together and you've got like 30 people with maybe two or three people in per room and um, per connection. And everybody wants to talk at the same time. So it's changing life and having to build in some kind of uh, awareness and, and social etiquette of how to use video calls and um, 
actually we've, we've implemented that on our calls every day there's somebody who chairs our daily calls so you don't get a mass of people just an influx of everyone trying to talk over each other um so we really had to adapt the way that we work um and you know i wrote a blog recently trying to explain some of the things that i would suggest for people for working for home based on my experience of working with a remote team um and you know simon and some others at polystream puts our heads together and kind of came up with some best practices um things like taking a commute making sure that you um carve out time in your day build some structure um and you know use SaaS tools and and just speak to people but yeah mm. it, we've had to really change the way that we think about things because it's not as easy as tap somebody on the shoulder and go hey um can i ask you a question you have to be more thoughtful about how you approach people um, and the questions you ask them to get the answers that you want so yeah life has really changed and um working that home life balance has been quite difficult um yeah. I it. so if anybody else has please reach out to me and let me know i've seen some amazing posts on uh, online about people that are using kanban boards and they've got their to-do list with their kids things they want to do things they have done and the kids have to complete all their tasks by the end of the day and have them in done i think that's amazing not sure it would work with my son um but i'm open to suggestions and i've seen i've seen it work for other people really well with that the smaller children so I think yeah. structure is key. I think if you fall away and, you know, your day has no structure, you don't know what day it is. You don't know what time it is. I think we're all probably eating at the wrong times, probably eating the wrong food because we feel we're, you know, locked down and we just have to everything in the cupboards. Um, it, it, you have to build in some some structure into your day or otherwise it can completely go to pot. And then you're not productive. Nobody knows what they're doing. It's a mess. <laughs> Last last thing then. Look, you you. I didn't know you could change the background on Zoom, so I've learned that. Everything else and martinis and whatever else. I I don't have a tux, so I can't do that. But <laughs> if you guys had one suggestion for anyone listening um, around how to make this all work better and that it's just worked for you guys at Polystream, what would it be? I would say you need to be patient just with your with yourself with every, everybody else just and when i say be patient i mean simplify a lot of what it is that you want from a day and that framework can just be three really important tasks that you need to do use your diary to plan them out and move them and everything just keep track of kind of like the most important things don't get distracted by kind of like the shiny thing that is something that you can do quickly or something like that just just get you to focus on the core elements of what what you're doing and yeah most of all just be patient be, be patient with with each people around you and be patient with, with yourself well look thank you both for your time uh very much today i know that you're both busy so yeah thanks for giving up some time and uh fingers crossed that this doesn't last too long but if it does uh or, or power to you whilst it's going on. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Thanks, David. Do you use Discord to play FIFA? I'm not actually... I, I, I don't play online games, so I, I can't actually say that I've ever used Discord. No, I don't I don't really use it. Before. No? How, so how, do, how does it work on, on FIFA? You just log in and you're chatting to everyone? Yeah, and... you kind of log in. Everyone's got their own... Um, everyone's got like their own user ID. Kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, so you all log into the PlayStation Network um, and then... You're, you're on the game at the same time. Um, and then, yeah, you just kind of play each other and have a little chat. You can set up little tournaments. and Yeah. I mean, Simon talks about it being, 
you know, a huge online community. And I suppose right now, the interesting thing is it's, I don't know, is, has, your, has, has your gaming habit changed in as much as would you have played against people online who maybe you didn't know, whereas now you're playing more against people that you do know, but you can't see because of lockdown? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think, I think before... It, before it always used to happen with um, with your friends and stuff because you were always on at different times um, mm. or, you, or you played at different times you know some some of my friends were playing till crazy hours in the night and obviously you know I need to get up and go to work and that sort of thing so I was sleeping um, and I think now we're making it like a conscious effort to all log in at the same time um, and it's actually improving relationships within the team I think because you know, I'm, I'm liaising with people in the office that I necessarily wouldn't have, you know, kind of spoken to as much. Um, but yeah. now we have a common ground of all being in lockdown, all liking a, a particular game and, and, and playing. So I think it's great, to be fair. And they mentioned it in the interview as well, where, you know, it's about kind of, I guess, just bringing that kind of real life, a, a real life relationship into an online kind of platform. And it's, um, you know, the stuff that they're, they're doing with the product is is great for that, I think moving forward I, that's an interesting point about the fact that people that maybe you hadn't talked to in the office but there are people like we work in an office where there are like 50 60 people within our immediate business unit you don't talk to everybody but now everyone has got this shared experience yeah everyone can relate to and talk about i think that and also everyone is going through at the same time yeah mm. so it's not to say that which 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 is why i kind of think that in a way, and I might be alone here, but yes, the lockdown has had repercussions on on the NHS, on business, on the economy, you know, in in our business as well. But I think there is also some positives to take out of this, where you know people are getting closer to their families. A lot of families are being able to spend time with each other that they wouldn't necessarily. Relationships are being mended, you know, and and I think that human element that we discussed a few weeks ago on the podcast as well that human element has definitely come back so uh or not to say it wasn't there before but i think it's now being spoken about and being acted on a lot more um than before i think it's interesting that when when i was kind of talking to simon about the aspects i suppose of learnings you know the let's have a look at the positives that are coming out of it and he talks about being more respectful of time and personal buffering so every single time that you that you uh, talk to someone in the office, it takes them a few minutes to get back into whatever they're doing. And if you add that time accumulatively, it's it's a hell of a lot of time. And so they're talking about using the tools more efficiently. Um, they're, they're talking about being more focused. Mm. They're talking about kind of, you know, everyone was using Zoom and, and now they're using a little bit less and maybe yeah. a little bit more efficiently. And there's kind of that that aspect of, right, let's actually simplify the role and not get distracted by the shiny stuff. And actually, lots of that stuff does translate back to the office. Yeah, 100%. I think, um, I don't, well, I, I think I'm particularly bad for this in the office where I... <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I'm very bad, actually, because um, I, I, I do know that I go and distract a lot of people a lot of the time. Um whether I'm just going for a, a coffee and I'll stop and have like five conversations in between. But yeah, I, I think yeah, everyone does it though. Yeah, exactly. But I think, I think now the, the first few weeks, yeah, everyone was spending a lot of time on zoom on Microsoft teams. I think um, they mentioned the house party app as well, which, which I had mm. for, for a couple of weeks as well. But 
I think what's happened now is everyone's developed their own routine. I think they mentioned it in the interview as well. It's very important to have that routine. So mm-hmm. I think everyone's developed. These are my hours of working. These are my hours of, you know, a bit of downtime, bit of relaxing exercise. I know you've been kind of, you know, well, the tech talk teams have been doing our own kind of workouts and exercises as well. But I think it's so, so important that everyone's kind of found their own way of working now. Whereas before, I think everyone was trying to work like the office hours, um, you know, and, 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 and kind of cram everything in. Now everyone's kind of realized, actually, no, I can eat at two o'clock maybe and have a bit of a late breakfast or an early mm. breakfast and eat early and, you know, work out at this time because the parks are very, very busy after like five o'clock because everyone, yeah. everyone finishes work. So everyone's trying to get their exercise in maybe mid afternoon or, or early morning. So I think, I think now what's happened is, yeah, people are respecting each other's time. Um, and also the meetings, I think, which is, is, is very, is, is a very good point because I've realized that our team meetings in the first couple of weeks were 35, 40 minutes, you know, sometimes even over 40. And now over the weeks, they've just come all the way down to like 20 minutes, 18 minutes, you know, 22, because people have actually realized now this is what we need to talk about. This is what needs to be action. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's just a, it's a work in progress, I guess. Um, and, and I think everyone's doing a great job at it, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, well, Cheryl talks about the fact that, you know, they, they have implemented kind of um, chair people for, so for, for video calls. And I suppose without thinking about it, without realizing it, the big group calls, yeah, we do have people <clears> who chair them and, uh, it does help because there is that that slight social awkwardness of lots of people talking over each other, and it's it's been one of the interesting things about the pub quizzes on a Thursday night is is trying to work out how everyone kind of chats when Ooh. you potentially have thirty people in danger of chatting over each other, and we are having to learn how yeah. to make those kind of conversations more efficient and be respectful of each other in that regard. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think I think. Well, for me anyway, I mean, well, yeah, we work from home. Um, I, I know you kind of work from home more than more than I do, but um, I work from home maybe once a week and stuff. But I think even on those days, it's less video call and more phone calls. Mm. So, and they're always easier to navigate, right, rather than when you're on a, a kind of video conference um, kind of platform. But I think now people realize this is my bit. I'm going to say it and then be quiet. I think the mute buttons are being used a lot more. There's no background yep. noises. Um, there's no dogs barking or delivery kind of going on in the back, that sort of thing. Um, but going on that point, there's still a lot to learn. I mean, I was on a 24 person zoom call for, for Easter with all my family and, you know, from all around the world, like New Zealand, Dubai, Canada, the UK, and literally for about the first half an hour, everyone's just talking above everyone, you know, the, the mm-hmm. zoom, the zoom thing with the yellow, box around who speaks that was going crazy it was just doing zigzags across the screen so <laughs> i think everyone just gets really excited when they, when they see each other because there's a lot to catch up on there's a lot to speak about but i think it's all about kind of uh, a work in progress really um just a, just a just a thought when we do go back to work uh physically we have all built these routines and i think for a lot of people we're proving that we can work from home efficiently it's going to be very difficult to then go back to a routine that's kind of imposed upon you that everyone else follows. There's going to, there's surely going to be some slack or some more mentality of, hang on a minute, 
why do I have to be here between this time and this time? Because actually I could do this at home and then I could do, you know, and maybe I could come in a little bit later and I could, I, I'm still going to get stuff done. Is the office going to turn into more of a hub than a, a place that you have to go to? I mean, that's, that, that's, that's a great question. I think certain industries, definitely. Um, certain industries will find out that maybe they are a bit more efficient. You look at the financial implications on businesses as well. Right. If they if businesses have been a lot more productive or or if the productivity has stayed the same and they don't necessarily have to all be in the same room or or meet up every day, they can save on a lot of overheads with rent, with, you know, kind Mm. of other real estate stuff. So they some businesses might go to that full remote working um, kind of attitude. But I think in our business personally, I think it would just be hard for me personally to set an alarm, really, because at the moment, you know, I'm kind of waking up an hour after I would wake up um, if I was not, you know, commuting into the city. Um, uh, I, I think it will take some time, really, 100%. And I, and I think it might pose some challenges. I think it might pose some very difficult challenges to businesses to maybe re-engage the staff who, you know, were working from home, have now set in their mm. way and re-engage them back into the business, back into the office. Um, but then again, you know, it, it's all down to how strong your people are, I guess, and, and how strong you know, that business is as a culture. Yeah. Um, I just think there's an interesting argument now from, 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 from an individual perspective and a safety perspective mm. that I can see a situation where we're, we're told you can go back outside, but if you're getting on transport, you have to wear a face mask. And I can see a situation where if you get told you have to be in the office for half eight, nine o'clock, you're saying, well, hang on a minute. You're asking me to, to travel at the busiest time. Mm. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd rather come in earlier or come in later and avoid rush hour. Yeah. And I can see rush hour becoming a much longer less rush densely. Hour? Yeah, well, maybe less dense in its in it in its you know, it's not gonna be that mad hour where everyone gets in at the same time. Maybe it's gonna be a three hour period where it's busier, mm. but there's gonna be a little bit more slack because people are kind of going, Well, hang on a minute, is it really sensible to cram onto the Waterloo and City line and not be able to kind of move from the person who's literally an inch in front of you? It's crazy. Do you know what I was thinking the other day is how, what would happen? So if we were to go back into work and slowly get filtered back, you know how everyone crams onto the platforms on tube mm. stations. What what would happen? Do you have to now wait outside of a tube station, like Bank, for example? You know, if if a lot of our our kind of listeners are London based, I'm sure they know about Bank Station and all the entrances. And yeah, come rush hour, it is literally you see people just disappearing into the ground because everyone's at the street level and then suddenly everyone's going into those tunnels right going into banks so well i mean the, 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 how do you control that exactly i mean all, all of the sentiment seems to be that we'll have to socially distance for quite yeah. some time even if we're going back to work mm. so again again it, it begs the question well how are companies going to adapt to that because you can't then simply go you're going to be in for nine o'clock because mm. it will be physically impossible to socially distance mm. on the transport network and get everyone in for that same point of time also space. I think, I mean, how many companies have space to actually have the same amount of staff in, but then all be social distance with the two yeah. meter gap, you know? So, so is it going to be 50% come in one week, 50% come in the next week, or are they going to stagger it? And what are they going to do? Um, I know some businesses are running like a week A, week B policy. Mm. So week A, some people come in, the others stay at home. Week B, you know, some, the, the other kind of group comes into work and then they kind of alternate in between. So 
yeah, I don't know. It's 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 gonna it's gonna have massive ramifications. I think even when we do yeah. go back, um, and also the social social element. You know, um, the the sun's out. We 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 work in London. You know, drinking on on footpaths is a thing, right? Or drinking outside, or even just going going into the drift on a Friday yeah, night. It's exactly. it's it's shoulder to shoulder, isn't it? Yeah, and and things like um, things like Exchange Square or Broadgate Circle. Yeah. You know where where we drink in the summer and everyone's standing outside very close to each other. What happens there? You know, yep. so it's like no one, no one actually knows. Everyone's crying out for pubs and bars to be open, but you know, I'm just thinking, well, if they do open, is it just going to be ten people allowed in at once, or you know, <laughs> what, what happens? You have to get your name on a guest list two months before. So there'll be a two meter queue outside the pub leading up to the bar. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I don't, I don't know what's happening there, but. Look, we'll go to our advert break. Um, Polystream, Cheryl, Simon, thank you for uh, coming in and chatting to us. Well, not coming in, but virtually coming in and chatting to us on the podcast. Um, we'll take a quick, quick break and then I'll pose a very quick question to Akish afterwards. Once a month, Tech Talks opens The Tuck Shop, a YouTube tech news roundup, which is kindly carried by Disruptive Live. Disruptive Live is the UK's first and only 24-7 TV channel for the technology industry. Stay up to date with all the latest industry news by following our regular talk shows broadcast live across the Disruptive Live website and social media channels. You can also catch Disruptive Live at some of the largest global technology events, broadcasting from London, Manchester, Singapore, Dubai, and many more. Quick bit of technology news to finish off the uh, podcast today. UK app to track coronavirus spread to be launched. Over the weekend, you might have seen that the government are going to be collecting personal data that basically tells you where you have been, etc. Because this app will anonymously alert you if someone reports symptoms. So if someone reports symptoms, you will get a text saying someone who's reported symptoms, you've come into contact with them. For the app to work, it's got to therefore track people's movements and have their contact information. And it's also got to have about 60% of the population actually using it to be effective. Now, that article's in The Guardian, but it's been reported elsewhere. Mm. Uh, Tracking apps have been remarkably successful in countries where they have managed to contain coronavirus. Question is, we have no liberty at the minute. We're stuck in our homes, but we're very nervous about sharing our personal data and whether or not anonymized data will fall into third-party hands. Is that a price worth paying to leave the house? That's a tough question. It is, isn't it? That's that's such a tough question. Um, I, I, I generally don't know. I, I personally wouldn't mind. Um, you know, yeah. Touch wood, I've, I've not kind of experienced any symptoms or anything like that yet. But if I did and, and that app was a, you know, that, that app was, was kind of live and I'd self-isolated for the given amount of time, I would definitely track it on there. I think also I read on the same article where if you now go into hospital and you are confirmed to, to have COVID-19, they give you a code. So you mm. then have to go onto the app and actually put that like code in, um, which would then log you. So people can put their symptoms up if they feel well. People can track themselves if they feel that they've got the symptoms at home. But if you're confirmed to have COVID in the hospital um, or kind of care home or whatever, um, you then have to kind of list it on there. Um, yeah. 
because you're you know that that's obviously by the government orders but i don't know it's it's so hard dave um it's such a big challenge because there's a lot of writing and thought out there at the minute about the fact that the state is going to get bigger its surveillance techniques are going to encroach mm. and you can understand to an extent why but when they are then out there and people are used to the state having that level of surveillance, whatever the the good intentions behind something like an NHS tracking app, is it easy to roll back afterwards? And there is, you know, with GDPR and other things coming in in the last couple of years, we've already seen a slight readdress of the balance where individuals have been given more control over their data. But now you can see countries like China have used these situations in the past to uh, extend the the surveillance that the, the techniques that the state has and here we can now see it creeping into other countries for on the on the face of it very good reasons but you yeah. you know matt hancock in the article talks about the fact you know we're, we're, we're taking the most you know it's, it's ethical we're taking the best guidelines we're listening we're trying to do the right thing i'm sure they are but we know that big tech is not particularly good at regulating itself no, so it, it's an interesting one yeah, I, th- I think I think also it's it th- these sorts of apps. In order to work, they need one hundred percent buy-in from the user. Um, so little things like putting your location on on your phone. How I was just I was just thinking about it whilst we were talking. If I've switched my location settings off, then how does the app, you know, kind of see where well, I wouldn't, am? Would it? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So. So then again, so if I was a user of the app, I need to then put my location settings on. A lot of people, a lot of guys that I know, a lot of friends have switched their location settings off from day one because just they just don't want to be tracked or, you know, their iOS device is, is plugged into the iPad at home so they can be seen wherever they are if, you know, their partner mm-hmm. will log on to the iPad. So when they say, oh, I'm on my way back from work and they're actually in the pub, uh, you know, she, she, <laughs> she, she can kind of see exactly where they are. Uh, or when he's gone, oh, I'm just going out and doing this uh, for the day, but we're actually on the golf course. She can see. Um, so it, it just it's just weird. Everyone needs to everyone needs to work together. I just think an app might alienate some people. It might have, you know, it, it, people that don't necessarily feel comfortable saying, yes, I have coronavirus or I had coronavirus or, you know, they might be looked at negatively, like negatively at the moment. And then oh, I don't know. I, I, I just don't know. if, if It's if, a huge ethical question. We're all yeah. stuck in our houses. What do we you want think? Liberty. We we want liberty, but what liberties do we have if we can't leave our own front door? Yeah, mm. tough one. Very tough one. Um, on that yeah. one, anyone who wants to get in touch and and give us the uh, expert line on it, uh, we'd we'd be interested to know what your thoughts and opinions are because it is a, it is an interesting um, ethical debate. But uh, look, Akish, thanks for 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 dialing in and taking the time to talk to me this morning no problem thank you actually on that would it be good if we if we see if our listeners give us their uh opinion maybe on twitter or, or under our instagram post that sort of thing and maybe we could just just pick up on it a little bit next time as well because i, I am i am genuinely keen to see what other yeah. people think um if, I, if our listeners have made it to the bitter end of the show, <laughs> yeah, which we know so. podcast listening habits, you tend to drop off after about 70, well. 70% of the episode. So <laughs> you may not have made it this far, but if you have, at tech double underscore talks on Twitter or at HN Tech Talks on Instagram, tell us what you think. Uh, apart from that, stay safe, do socially distance, um, and uh, fingers crossed we can all be let out sooner than we're fearing.